This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, December 2nd, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. The short history of central bank digital currencies is not promising for its future, but many governments seem keen on pursuing the new currencies anyway. Cato's Nick Anthony is among the fellows who have launched the Human Rights Foundation's new CBDC tracker. We spoke last month about why the project matters. Nick, you and I have talked numerous times about CBDCs about the specter of CBDCs in the United States and countries that have already rolled them out with not exactly promising results. So why is it important that we keep a careful track of where these things are moving or bubbling up or might be under consideration by central banks throughout the world? Unfortunately, all too often, We see these huge impacts of changing laws or new expansions of governments after the fact. We see it looking backwards and trying to pull apart what's already been built up. Right now, it's so important to track the development of central bank digital currencies or CBDCs because we have the opportunity to have a voice in this debate, in this discussion, before it becomes a a norm that we're looking back on. There are countries that have adopted them, but they're in the vast uh, minority right now across the world. And so it's important that the public becomes part of this conversation before they have no say at all. So you, working within the Human Rights Foundation, began sort of putting together a project to track where CBDCs are on the move, so to speak, and where they're less likely to pop up. What did you find in putting together this data? I think one thing that is a little alarming with putting together this data is that we see a clear trend of CBDCs being pushed forward in countries that have low rankings for rule of law in terms of the Cato and Fraser Human Freedom Index, and also more authoritarian leaning regimes. So we're seeing governments that have full control and unchecked power push forward on these ideas. And that's very concerning in and of itself that that seems to be an early trend that's emerging here. Where do we see this emerging? I know the United States has talked about it, but there, you know, there's large resistance in Congress to moving ahead with it. Nigeria, of course, uh, disastrously rolled out the CBDC. And even if you like the idea you'd probably be hard-pressed to come up with a a solid defense of how they did what they did. Where are we seeing CBDCs unfold in other countries? So as, as many people are probably aware, in addition to Nigeria having a fully launched CBDC, China also has a CBDC that's largely launched. It's referred to technically as a pilot, but we should make no mistake here, there are thousands upon thousands of people currently using it. In Shenzhen alone, $1.5 million in CBDC was given to over 50,000 people. In Russia, we're starting to see a similar kind of quasi-launch happen where a pilot involves multiple banks and their clients. A smaller scale than China, but still a, a very public, a very real CBDC nonetheless. We're seeing it elsewhere in uh, India and a few other jurisdictions, uh, and even closer to home, 
in the Eastern Caribbean, Jamaica, and the Bahamas all have active CBDCs right now. So what have been the results of those experiments thus far? I think you can take it from two perspectives. On the bright side, they've largely been a waste of resources. Nobody really wants to use the CBDC, and we've seen dismal adoption rates. And so you have governments trying to push it out further with lotteries and with free coupons or other gifts to try to spur adoption. But it's largely just been a waste of taxpayer resources because people have, people largely have access to digital money. In the worst case, you have things like what you mentioned with Nigeria, where it, an all-out cash shortage was created to try to spur adoption, leading people to protest outside of banks, riot in the streets, and go hungry. And in there, you have a disaster unfold. And it's really unfortunate that those are the two sides of the experiment so far, but I think both sides should be a warning sign saying that this is not the path forward. For countries that have relatively weaker institutions, I can imagine a group of, let's just call them CBDC fans who are well-positioned in various agencies and international organizations leaning on countries like that to adopt a CBDC. And if, if, if Nigeria is in any way representative what we might see in these various other countries, I can understand why tracking this project of CBDCs is so valuable. You're exactly right. And it's, it's something we saw just the other day. One day after launching the HRF CBDC tracker, the IMF came out with a speech. And in this speech, I couldn't help be struck by just the fact that it felt more like a political rally than the the standard central bankers address. It called for courage and determination while CBDCs faltered that these officials need to push forward. And it conjured these images of this voyage out into the sea that they were pioneering a new frontier, saying that the sails need to be brought up so they can pick up speed and push CBDCs further, even though there's no clear case for them. And there's not sweeping adoption yet. And you can see there that it really is unfortunate that there's these kind of pressures, like you were saying, from international organizations to push forward on CBDCs, regardless of whether or not it's what people in these countries really need. As uh, you've mentioned, and in fact, a lot of other people uh, uh, elsewhere have mentioned, writing at uh, Bloomberg and elsewhere, the use case for CBDCs. It's just not there. It's almost a solution in search of a problem. That's exactly right. It, it really is. And it's unfortunate because maybe this would have been an innovative idea 20, 30 years ago. But in today's world where we have access to digital money in different forms, we have everything from prepaid cards to payment apps to fintech solutions to cryptocurrencies and, and mobile banking, it really is a solution in search of a problem. We have options on the table. We do not need governments to intervene like this. 
Nick Anthony is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute and a fellow at the Human Rights Foundation's new CBDC tracker. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please. And thank you for listening.